0: and welcome to Newsnight, where we speak to major players in Nigeria's democracy and the issues raised by its drive for growth and development. I am Ladi Akiri Duluale. It's our pleasure to have you join us today. 33 states of the Federation are reported to be affected by flooding, which has led to loss of lives and property, as well as a massive displacement of people across the country. My guest on the program today says his state In Nigeria's south-south geopolitical zone is now one big IDP camp. My guest also says this perennial problem can only be tackled by cooperation at various levels of government to desilt rivers, Niger and Benue, as well as to build dams. Newsnight talks to the governor of Bielsa State, Senator Dwye Diri. Your Excellency, thank you for joining us. Uh, Welcome to the program.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Your state is uh, facing uh, what some people would describe as uh, a somewhat existential threat uh, because so many of the citizens are affected. Uh, From the reports we have, about 300 communities are affected by flooding um, at at the moment. Uh, You have been touring uh, some of these areas uh, uh, in the last couple of uh, days. Uh, What has been your impression of what has happened?
1: Well, my impression is that uh, it is a disaster, it is uh, monumental and uh, uh, the impression I have is that this would have been averted if governments before even now, we are not just blaming governments today, uh, well, this has been a perennial occurrence, if governments before now, are taking these issues seriously, uh, we wouldn't have had what we have in our hands today. In terms of uh, some permanent solutions to the perennial problem of flooding in the Niger Delta and in particular in my state, the state of Bielsa.
0: What, what, uh, what have you seen? Uh, how are the people coping? As you said, uh, perhaps if uh, efforts had been made, in the case of this year's flood, uh, there were those who pointed out that some of the agencies, the Nigerian Meteorological Services Agency, the Hydrological Services, had issued warnings earlier in the year uh, to some of the states that would be affected, uh, and therefore to give them an opportunity to try to prepare. Did you receive these warnings, and if so, what kind of preparations did uh, Biasa State uh, make? ahead of this uh, situation
1: yes we did receive the warnings yes we did take proactive actions but the flood this year was beyond what anybody could have imagined and what i was also saying was that preparing of higher grounds and as i speak with you there are no higher grounds even the areas that were there as higher grounds which either to in 2012 were used are all all submerged and so yes we receive the warnings but i don't believe that warning is the solution to the problems of bielsa and other states that have uh, that have been flooded i believe that the federal government need to sit with the governors of these states and look at permanent solutions to this perennial flooding, rather than saying, uh, we want them. Uh, Yes, you want us, and the best we could have done was to say, okay, prepare some higher grounds. And that means that we'll still have internally displaced people. We'll still have people who will pack out of their homes. And that is not actually the solution to our problem. The solution to our problem is that we must look for a way to either absorb this water by building a dam or to distill our rivers so that they can actually swallow the waters when it occurs.
0: You mentioned the fact that uh, sometimes uh, some of the uh, past governments in some of the states and in general in the region and probably even federally uh, could have done more before now to address uh, some of those challenges. And now you've talked about the issue of a dam and so on. going forward because now there's a crisis situation not just in bielsa in rivers in delta uh, and, and so on there are there, there is are you working with your brother governors in the niger delta states for example to start off with to see what it is that you can do at least in the interim because in the case of bielsa the reports are out there uh, our correspondent there of course filed in a, a report indicating that The situation has gotten so bad that the flood has washed out some of the corpses in some of the cemeteries onto the road, raising a different issue of possible epidemics, uh, if this is not addressed. So it's an emergent situation, isn't it?
1: Of course it is. Uh, uh, I can tell you, my dear brother, uh, yes, other states uh, are affected, particularly my neighbors. Uh, Take, for instance, Rivers State. River State has 24 or so uh, local governments, about, about 23 or so local governments. And out of that number, uh, not more than uh, four local governments are affected. And so the issue is not the same with Bielsa states. And the same goes for, for Delta states. You know. So uh, What we are grappling with here is not in the same magnitude with River State and uh, with Delta State. Uh, Thank God you have gotten some of the information about what is happening here. Uh, Yes, we had a situation like that in the cemetery, and uh, immediately we moved in, and that has been taken care of. As we speak to you, there is no high ground here in Bielsa. Even uh, in government house, yeah, we are threatened. We just have about two or three steps for the flood to overrun government house. So uh, we resort to faith, and then we're also believing that uh, the water is getting stagnant, and we hear uh, from Lokoja and other places it has started abating. And if that happens, we are sure that even in this state, in the next one week or so, uh, we will have some uh, degree of relief. Uh, that's all we are looking at. Uh, working with my colleague governors, everybody is also struggling to see how best they can take care of their own uh, citizens. I saw the governor of Delta State you know, visiting IDP camps. Uh, and we, we call up ourselves and uh, encourage each other to ensure that we are not actually happening in our region. Do
0: do you have IDP camps in Bielsa State? If so, how many, where are they, and how are you trying to fund them to provide food and other basics to people who are affected? As you said, the magnitude in Bielsa is higher than that of uh, those of your uh, brother governors.
1: Every community in Bielsa is an IDP camp to begin with. However, in Yenagua, the capital city, uh, we have uh, designated uh, some IDP camps. In particular, we have a place we call the Oxpo Lake, uh, which was used as an event center, but today that place has been opened for IDPs and you don't have less than 2000 IDPs in that camp and you also have uh, all of our secondary and primary schools that are not yet flooded all of those schools have been used as IDP camps at Igbogene where I visited and uh, in other communities within uh, the Yenagoa city metropolis and so Not an exaggeration, every community is an IDP camp. And that's why uh, the task force together with the state emergency management agency, uh, they keep distributing uh, foodstuffs to every local government area, to every community because no community is left out. Same also goes for uh, the uh, medicines and pharmaceuticals. The Ministry of, Educa- uh, of, of Health is on top of that and uh, working with SEMA. They are also going around to ensure that uh, uh, we don't have a serious uh, health crisis on our hands. But just as you rightly mentioned, uh, with the post flood, there will be a lot of uh, anticipated uh, uh, sicknesses, which uh, I think that we, we will start handling even from now uh, through the Minister of Health and uh, other uh, organizations, Red Cross and others who are resident in the state. So whilst we are grappling with the current uh, situation uh, of hunger, of want, and of homelessness, we are equally looking at the post-flood rehabilitation reconstruction and uh, uh occurrence of uh, diseases
0: how, how much how much assistance have you received because you mentioned there the state emergency management agency uh but we also know that uh you've got uh, parastatals like the national emergency management agency which was set up for this kind of purpose you have the ministry of disaster management Uh, and and preparedness and all that. Have you received any kind of help or any kind of uh, uh, support uh, from them since this broke out? Because as you said, it does look as if Bielsa State is one big uh, IDP camp at the moment. Uh, There is no higher ground. And so, unless the water recedes, uh, there's really very little that can be done uh, in terms of uh, moving forward as it were. Uh,
1: For now, uh we are yet to receive from uh, the federal government, but uh, we are not unaware of the fact that uh, after my broadcast, Mr. President has given directives for all uh, federal agencies, ministries, and departments to immediately come to the aid of uh, Bielsa State. Thereafter, I put a call across to the Director General of NEMA. I spoke with him, and uh, he also assured me that uh, uh, they are doing everything to see what uh, they can uh, also bring to Bielsa State. But for now, we are yet to receive any of those uh, assistance from them. But I am still very hopeful, and I believe that uh, uh, the assistance will eventually uh, come to Bielsa because uh, everyone is showing that concern Concern about uh, uh, the state uh, of uh, 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 of inhuman living that we have now. People who are, who are hungry, who are homeless, and of a people who are actually cut off uh, from all fronts, except by our maritime uh, access. So uh, as I said, I'm hopeful that uh, uh, some succour will still come from the federal agencies.
0: Uh, I have had the privilege of visiting uh, Biosa State once uh, or twice, uh, but for our international audience, uh, who may not be too familiar with Biosa State, uh, uh, in, in your, your state, there's first of all there's more water than land, and even where you have land, as you've just described, uh, most of it is low-lying areas. Uh, can you give us more context in terms of what challenge, in particular? Uh, Bielsa state faces. I mean, flood has brought it to the forefront of national discussions, but in terms of infrastructure and in terms of how uh, this kind of state can grapple with survival, uh, given its topography, give us some context about uh, uh, why it seems as if the flooding is more severe in Bielsa than in any of the other Niger Delta states.
1: Well, I'd like to begin by Uh, letting our audience know, particularly the international audience, that Bielsa is the center of oil and gas in Nigeria. Bielsa is the first place where uh, oil was struck in commercial quantities that made Nigeria an oil-producing country. And up until today, Bielsa remains as one of those uh, key states that produce oil and gas, and in fact, today, Bielsa is richer in gas than any other state. Uh, that accounts for what Bielsa is to Nigeria and indeed to the world. Uh, but I haven't said that. I believe that Bielsa should not depend on only road
2: transport. One. Bielsa
1: should actually be uh, a, a state that will have some kind of dual transportation, both in terms of the maritime and, and uh, road transport. But the, the, the fact I will still hang on to here is that this perennial flooding that the, uh, the uh, displaces our people uh, virtually every year can actually be controlled, controlled from the federal government, working with the Bielsa state government and other affected states. As I said earlier, there are just two ways about it. We must construct dams in River Niger, in River Benue. We must go on to distill the rivers. You have two rivers that affect Bielsa through the River Niger. You have River Nun and River Fokados. If those two rivers are distilled, I am very sure that we will have this problem at our backs. So uh, the challenges we have is still that of the federal government working with us. Bielsa State is not an autonomous country if we were to take our decision. We already know what to do but because we are still in a federation called nigeria we need nigeria to speak with us to work with us to ensure that this problem is put behind us
0: you declared a seven days uh, break uh, as it was called for the workers uh, and did others who are working in the formal uh, sector in uh bios estate given the gravity of what has transpired um, it does appear as if that is just a pause. Um, there, may, there might not be an opportunity for those people to go back to work anytime soon, except, as you pointed out, the water recedes. So what, what's the plan over the next week or two uh, for Bielsa State and the various categories of the citizens, even as you point out that uh, even Government House, where you're talking to us from today, uh, if the water does not recede, if for any reason, Uh, The forecast uh, is to be believed because I've looked at the forecast uh, in the run-up to this interview. And for the next uh, couple of days, uh, there's also prediction of rain uh, still to come. Uh, One can only hope that that doesn't really happen so that the water can recede. What is the plan over the next, uh, uh, shall we say, two weeks uh, from the state government perspective to keep things going uh, while we wait for the support that you said uh, Mr. President has promised your state?
1: But well, let me make this very clearly. Uh, rainwaters contribute very minimally towards the flooding of the states, very minimally. And the moment it rains, uh, maybe after some few hours, you will still see the rainwater drying up. The major issue here of flooding is the waters that are released from various dams be they from Cameroon, be they from Lado, or wherever they are released from. And so for me, the rains are not uh, the main issues that cause the flooding of Bielsa State. But we have put a lot in place. And uh, what we have put in place in terms of the task force and in terms of the state emergency uh, management agency uh, all of which are doing their their duties uh, right now is just to mitigate the effects of uh, our people going hungry and our people who are homeless uh, in terms of supplies, not only of foodstuffs, of uh, mattresses, of blankets, and taking care of their health. That will continue for as long as the flooding will last, and so we. I also had the forecast, and uh, uh, we know that uh, man will always forecast, but uh, God has a final say. And I believe that uh, in no distant date from now, the, the the waters will also abate.
0: I want to take you up on what you uh, pointed out about what the more permanent solution is going forward, uh, and the need for. Two things, uh, if I have you right, that you mentioned. You talked about desilting, and you talked about the building of dams. Uh, Now, those two uh, projects are quite uh, capital intensive, uh, and um, I don't know. I mean, this is still an ongoing uh, development. So I want to ask you, uh, is there anything, incidentally, all of you, uh, the governors from from that zone and from the states that are affected, are from the same political party. So it shouldn't be so difficult for you to sit down to talk about this. Um, In conjunction with uh, an agency like the NDDC uh, and the Ministry of Niger Delta Affairs to put together the funding to uh, begin to build this because even if, as you said, the rains recede, the water recedes and things return to some kind of normalcy this time, we can expect the same or even worse next year if if the situation remains the same so is there any plan uh, as it were already because you you are uh, you are shall we say one of the newer governors so your term of office is still you know fairly elastic uh, some of your colleagues may not be in office uh, uh, beyond uh, may next year but is there any plan uh, for you and your brother uh, governors to begin to put this infrastructure in place with you know in partnership with all these agencies because this is now seemingly very, very urgent.
1: Well, as you are aware, NDDC has become more of a political vehicle than a development vehicle. You are aware that the governors of this region, from the day I even took over as governor, and even before then, have been calling on the federal government to follow the constitution, the act that sets up The NDDC. And that act stipulates that there will be a board of the NDDC. And even the governors will form an advisory board. But as we speak up until today, NDDC has been run by sole administrators, which is alien to the act setting up the
2: NDDC. And just uh, yesterday,
1: we have been told that uh, uh, a new uh, solar administrator has been appointed. And so clearly, NDDC, the way it is being run today, is not a panacea to the problems of the Niger Delta, the way it is being run today. And I don't think that uh, that's what the uh, founding fathers of NDDC had planned for the region. You are very correct. NDDC would have been a vehicle that we would have used, you know. We are working with the governors of the region and with the federal government to actually uh, solve some of these uh, issues uh, that are actually truly beyond the capacity of any one state government to handle. And here we are talking about, like you said, very capital-intensive projects of uh, dam construction and uh, dredging of uh, rivers. So, uh, I don't think that uh, going forward, within this short period, any reasonable thing will achieved. But my prayer is that let us have very peaceful elections. Let us have free, transparent, fair elections, particularly at the federal level where we will have a, a new president to be elected by sometime in, in February. And uh, I will still be here as governor, so certainly we'll give some little leadership with the governor of Edo, who also will still be on his seat, so that we can together uh, take this problem to the federal government and see what plans we can have to settle and resolve the issues of perennial flooding in the Niger Delta region.
0: I'm happy you mentioned that, because that was going to be my next uh, port of call. Uh, Because all of this uh, that you've mentioned, all what what we have discussed so far, especially in terms of the flooding and the emergence, and what you mentioned where you talked about the fact that previous governments, uh, uh, particularly at the level of the federal government, uh, uh, have not really dealt with this problem. And that's why someone like you is having to face it, having come into office, uh, not too long ago. But let me now come to the politics of it and the issues on the ground. But first, I want to deal with the Niger Delta itself. The, another big problem that is being faced by the people of the Niger Delta right now is environmental pollution. Now, whether that pollution is caused by activities, and I've seen you several times in several communities in Biosa State really crying for help, uh, particularly against the activities of some of those who are uh, uh, exploring uh, for oil in the communities and uh, when these quote unquote accidents happen and the communities are polluted. Most of the people in Bayasa are naturally fishermen. But if the waters are polluted and we have graphic pictures uh, from that area which show that a lot of the area is polluted, what is happening on that level? Especially because that has now been exacerbated by crude oil theft. Uh, Those who are non-state actors who are actually just, you know, punching into the pipelines and carrying away the oil. The oil companies you can go after, but how do you go after those ones?
1: People just feel that, well, we do not have access to it. So uh, if we go on to to do oil bunkering and all all of those stealing, uh, or aiding those who are stealing, because even the oil theft is not limited to the people from the Niger Delta. The major thieves, the major thieves of the oil are actually not even from the Niger Delta. Uh, The boys who ate them here collect the peanuts. So uh, the environmental degradation is such that uh, uh, for me, we need to halt everything. And in halting everything, we keep appealing to our people that oil bunkering is also further degrading our environment. Uh, like you said, graphically, when you go around, you see, literally, oil flowing on top of our waters, uh, be the rivers, be the lakes. Everywhere is being polluted. The whole environment is gone. Uh, recently, you remember the ITO oil spill, yes. uh, which lasted for uh, about a month. You know, so, it's a very big challenge to, to us.
0: The other question, of course, I will ask uh, in that case, uh, is that if, uh, as it is now, um, as you said, Bayasa is virtually at a standstill, uh, but perhaps uh, there is a need to discuss contingency plans. As you were speaking there, what occurred to me is that if, I mean, the, the vehicle of government, which is government house in Yenugua itself, could possibly be under threat, then from where will all the coordination that is necessary to keep the rest of the communities going, where will it happen? Uh, So I I want to ask the question, um, is it possible that we could be thinking of evacuations, uh, uh, even if temporarily, uh, to address this? And is your government putting its mind towards that? Bielsa is populous, but it's a small state, and some would say it's manageable if you have to move Uh, your people away out of harm's way until
2: the water recedes?
1: The answer is a no,
2: no, no. Why is it no? (laughs) Well, even in the Bible, the
1: Lord says he established the land and created the land from the floods and the and the seas. So we are OK where we are. And let me tell you this. The people of my state, the communities in my state, they are all flooded, but they all still live in those communities. And any attempt to remove any one of them from, that, from their own communities, will be met with very stiff resistance. So I don't believe that Bielsa should have uh, an auxiliary plan for relocation. No, I don't believe so. Because the people are resilient and the people are very sure that this will also come to pass in no distant time.
0: If you have had uh, flooding in the past, I guess that would explain why you have the viewpoint that people uh, uh, you know, would resist being moved. Uh, no, 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 if... not just
1: a viewpoint. Excuse me, not just a viewpoint. I'm saying that that is what the people are. If, if you're a cameraman, I'm sure they would have told you, well, we have channels, uh, cameramen here. Indeed. You go to our communities. The people are there taking out a living out of this flooding. And so it is not just my view. It is a belief system they are, uh, yeah, like you rightly said, they have seen floods over and over. It's just that the flood this year is overwhelming.
0: What do we then do, uh, Governor uh, Diri? There are a lot of people who are listening to you right now. And uh, there are, yeah. and many of them would be wondering, how, how do we come into this? How does uh, Bielsa, uh, how can we help in Bielsa's case? What can we do specifically? Um, You used to be uh, in the National Assembly, you're a senator, and uh, of course the budget process is ongoing in the National Assembly as we speak uh, for 2023. And here we are talking, you and I, about dams and the silting and all of that. So again, are you going to be speaking to your former colleagues uh, in the National Assembly about this uh, to try to get some funding in the budget uh, uh, for this purpose at the federal level. Uh, then there are your brother governors in other states, even outside the Niger Delta, who are not uh, uh, directly affected by flooding and who may be able to say, okay, look, we can do this and so on. What is your, uh, 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 should I call it, appeal to them? What are you asking these various categories of people for, in the case of Bayelsa State, as you sit today in Yenugua in government house, What is it that they can do to help alleviate this situation? Because I know you are putting a brave face on it, but as you pointed out at the start of the interview, there's a lot of problem on the ground right now.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, We are doing everything within our own path, uh, within our own reach. Nigeria, as we know, is a federation. But we run this country more like a unitary system of government, where the peculiarities of the federating units are ignored. Some people may say we are insensitive in the way we run our federation. And this is a peculiarity to Bielsa State. Even whilst I was in the National Assembly, this issue has been on the table. And even today, it is still on the table in the National Assembly. The senator representing Bielsa West's senatorial district, and who also was a former governor of the state, has also brought this to the fore in the National Assembly. Very recently, I saw uh, a, a long letter he wrote, you know, to uh, the, the, the Senate president, the president, calling on the president, Senate president, and others to address the issues in Bielsa, and indeed in the Niger Delta region. The Bielsa caucus in the House of Reps have also done similar things. And so the issue is whether or not we see ourselves, you know, with the peculiarities that we have in each of our regions. Sometimes people are tempted to think that, okay, if this is happening in some other regions, maybe the response would have been swifter than what we are seeing in Bielsa. People are tempted to think that maybe because it doesn't affect others. And that is why it keeps falling on deaf ears from successive governments. But I want to believe that this year's proportion of the flood is something that even if you are a deaf, you will hear. And from what I've been told, about 33 states of the Federation are affected, even though the magnitude is not the same. So for me, the way forward is that one, the Federal Republic of Nigeria, where we are a federating state, will have to take this issue on the front burner. The front burner to the effect that budgets have to be made, studies have to be made on the construction of either the construction of dams or the distilling of our rivers in those states that are affected. Uh, Again, the immediate support that the state needs from federal agencies such as NEMA and the humanitarian ministry should not waste any time to get into Bielsa State. For me, these are the few things I'll propose for now, uh, pending when we see the reactions from our own federal government
0: i must then ask you because a lot a number of the points that you have raised in your answer to the last question are political and that brings me to what you mentioned earlier when you talked about you are wishing and you pray that there will be a free fair and transparent election uh come february uh, next year now i want to ask do you think that flood uh, flood apart um that's just the most current of the challenges. We have been dealing with security challenges before flood came along. Uh, Do you think, because I've asked everyone, I've spoken to amongst your colleagues about this, do you think that those security challenges uh, will allow for a free, fair and transparent election of the manner that you are speaking of, uh, since we know that this is also something else that is affecting virtually everyone, and that the flooding has only come to compound what was already a very difficult situation.
1: Well, uh, as a state governor, I would not like to speak beyond my limits. Uh, I may not know and understand what uh, the federal government is doing uh, in terms of security in other states, but strictly speaking about my state, except on this uh, issue of flooding, uh, Security-wise, I'm sure that Bielsa State is prepared for the 2023 elections. Uh, I've held Security Council meetings with the security federal security agencies that are here in the state. And uh, uh, I think that uh, in Bielsa, we can actually hold 2023 elections, uh, all things being equal particularly believing that uh, the flood would have abated before the fixed dates of the elections, which will start about uh, uh, February 2023. So uh, I can only speak for my state. I don't want to speak in terms of security across Nigeria.
0: Given the fact that you want to speak for your state, then I will ask you to speak for your state in this respect as well. Um, What are the chances uh, that your party, because we cannot we cannot but mention that. And I did mention it earlier on, when we talked about uh, the Niger uh, Delta, and I mentioned that uh, many of your colleague governors are of the same political persuasion as you. I assume, of course, uh, when you were saying that uh, elections are free, fair, and transparent, that the result that would uh, confirm that to you is one that uh, first in Bielsa, Uh, uh, at the level of the National Assembly and then of course nationally is the one where your party emerges uh, victorious Uh, and so that uh, you also have the political heft to put into uh, action uh, the plans that you've talked about in terms of uh, bringing some of the issues as they concern the Niger Delta to the front burner uh, 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 going forward.
1: Well, uh, except you are not a party man, everybody who comes through a political party, and particularly in our own system, here, yeah, where we don't have independent candidates. We all come through political parties. And uh, uh, for me, occupying such an exalted office as the office of a governor, uh, the only wish I will have and which I will work towards is for my party to emerge yeah, in the presidential elections. And you are very correct, you are very right, Because uh, in all of this, if I have a president from my party that I can access, a president from my party that has promised restructuring, that's one selling point for the candidate of the PDP, and which is in tandem with the wishes and the views of the people of the Niger Delta, and indeed of the IJO ethnic nationality. Uh, We have for long called for restructuring of this country. And we believe that some of the challenges that we have are because uh, we do not have the opportunity to address them. They are either in the exclusive legislative list, Uh, we cannot legislate on them, uh, we cannot touch them. And so the selling point for the PDP candidate is that he has promised restructuring. And that has hooked him to me, and to most of us from the Niger Delta region. And so there is no gain saying the fact that uh, if my party is uh, forming the government at the center, I want to believe that we will have the wherewithal to uh, go along first as a state and then as a region to uh, Mr. President and the federal government and to ensure that uh, The issues that have bedeviled this country uh, are actually giving uh, a a decision, not just talking about them again, because we have talked for too long. These issues are not new to any Nigerian. Let decisions be taken at that level. Let us have restructuring. Let us have devolution of powers to the states. Let us have federating units having some measure and degree of autonomy to address issues that are peculiar to them. I think that way, uh, even the issues of security will also be solved.
0: How, how do you respond to those who say that if we go down that route, we may be, we may be working towards uh, uh, the possible dissolution of the country or dismemberment of the country? Uh, because once you have at the state level you have individual police uh, forces for the states Uh, they have control over their resources Uh, they only pay uh, royalty to the center that the unity purpose uh, of the federation called nigeria might be affected uh, given our antecedents uh, from being uh, not ethnically homogeneous being multi-religious and being diverse of interests and that we haven't got uh, yet that uh, central authority that will keep us all going Uh, while we have all these arguments and debates about how far to carry on restructuring?
1: Uh, For me, if I will answer your question, is that the road we have traveled, we have traveled for 60 years. Are we actually not traveling towards the dissolution of the country?
2: You are trying it and it's not working out. It's not
1: working out. We have traveled this road of a unitary government called federal government for years, and it's not working out. Can't we try the other side of it? There are always two sides to a coin. I don't think that if federating units have their police, that will lead to dissolution of the country. I don't think that, uh, let us face it, before Nigeria, We had our own ethnic cleavages, and you cannot wipe them away any day, any time. You cannot wipe them away. We can only accommodate each other, and that's what we have been doing. And then we now, through a military regime, because in the military, it is a central command structure that has even dipped into our own democracy. So. My only take is that uh, let us try the other side of the coin.
0: Well, if we're going to try the other side of the coin, uh, Your Excellency, and I know that you have pointed out that I have drawn you away uh, from where you wanted to restrict yourself. That is true, but I have done that because there's a linkage between all these issues as we have found out as you said we've traveled this road for quite a while you. there's a linkage uh, and that's why it's it's inevitable that we must discuss one in order to be able to fully understand the other and that's why uh, as a, uh, uh, as we wind the interview down i then want to ask you this uh going forward uh we've talked a bit about 2023 and some of the salient issues but as a governor one of the nation's 36 governors Uh, um, What is it that the Nigerian voter should be on the lookout for, in your view, uh, in determining how they select their leaders and not just the president. I'm talking about leaders at the state level, the state governors, uh, 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 members of the state assembly, the national assembly. What for you, if you were to pick two existential issues that anybody who wants to occupy any of those positions is to tackle, what would those be i suspect that you will mention restructuring as one of them but let me, <laughs> let, me let me allow you a respond.
1: well you have already mentioned one <laughs> you have already mentioned one that's number one to me and number one to most of us who are in this part of the country and then the other thing has to do
2: with the character of whoever that will be president. Will
1: the president be a president for Nigerians? Is the president the president that has the experience, the wherewithal to appreciate and understand the diverse and diversity of this country? And will be able to take every other sector along in its governance, because we have seen a government of the APC that is winding down. I'm not used to uh, using insolent languages on, on governments, uh, because every government has its own challenges, on, uh, and until or less that you are on that seat, you may not understand. But we have seen the performance of the APC government for seven years, now moving towards the final year, which is the eighth year. Is that the kind of government that a voter will want to vote to
2: continue? So for me, every
1: voter should ask himself, where we are today, should there be continuity? If you convince
2: yourself that the answer is yes, go ahead and vote for continuity. But if you convince yourself to change the
1: change. Thank you.
0: Your Excellency, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time on the program uh, today. Uh, We wish Biosa state well uh, with this flooding uh, problem. And we do hope that uh, as time goes on, you receive all the help that has been promised and all the help that is required uh, to bring succour to the people affected. Thank you for your time today.
1: Again, thank you for having me and I wish you the best.
0: That's our program today. We would of course like to hear from you on the conversation. Our social media handles are right there on your screen. You can also listen to this and previous episodes of the program via our podcast. Please visit our website, channelstv.com forward slash podcast to get started. I am Ladi Akiri Doluale, goodbye. (music)